This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And welcome back to Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. This is TJ, and tonight I'm joined by Chris from US Fan TV fame. Conspiracy Chris, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I am not Conspiracy Chris, but I am good. And Hack Guy Pat, oh wait, Hack Guy Pat is still, <laughs> wait, he's back on contract hold that I really don't know what it is. One night he says, yeah, I can join you. The next night he says, not so much. So, so we're back again tonight. Sorry, it's been a couple weeks instead of every week. We'll try and get it back to every week at some point, but you know, we do at have this other point. It's more up. regular than US Fan TV. So true. We kind of have become the replacement for US Fan TV. So those of you who are US Fan TV viewers, you guys need to interact with us via Twitter. Either go to US Fan TV or Minivan Dad Pod, and definitely throw us some questions. We will get to them over the course of a show. We do have a new commitment tonight, though, I'm going to say right up front. We're going to have the same shenanigans we always do on Yes Fan TV, and we do on the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, but we're going to keep it under 60 minutes or less. We're 66 <laughs> seconds into recording. When that hits 60 minutes, we're going to wrap it up and try and be a lot shorter. You know, 90 minutes just seems to be too long, and I've had some great conversations, but I think 60 minutes is more than enough. And you guys are probably tired of hearing from me. Well, we're 80 seconds in. I'm sure everybody's already tired of hearing it from me, so... <laughs> What do you think we get this popcorn stand rolling? Let's get some good shenanigans boom, and some really boom, some really dumb dumb and awkward takes. Yeah. All right. So we spent the bulk of the the show two weeks ago. We spent a lot of it talking about Arsenal because you are an Arsenal apologist. I me, I'm not as much. But let's you know what we need to do? We're we're two games in. There's two teams sitting on six points. If, correct me if I'm wrong, and it's Arsenal and Liverpool. The two teams who meet up in uh, what is it now about 36 hours by the time this drops it'll be about 24 true, maybe true 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 yeah. by the time i get everything done and by the end of this weekend i'm guessing it'll just be one team sitting on nine points and the other one will still be sitting on six but that's just you know that can that's just be my me. general feeling i mean my my optimistic realism is uh saying that still liverpool will, will win i'm 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 calling like a three two win probably um, I don't think Arsenal's going to hold it under three goals this time still, but um, things are looking up. So I do think we'll be able to compete better. I, look, I would love to pull off uh, a, a draw or, or a win. Some crazy ish, I guess you could say things have already happened in the league this year and Hey, it is soccer. And if you can pull something off or you get a lucky card early in the game to one team, well, I guess you say to your opponent, um, things can go your way. I'm not sure I'm willing. I said what, whatever it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was that we did the show where we talked about predictions for the league. Um, you know, I, I originally had Man City winning, and, and Pat said something about he could see where both coaches, because of kind of their personal drives or, or egos or whatever will prioritize kind of winning actually both coaches 
uh, Pep and, and, and Klopp will prioritize winning what they didn't win last year. And so I could see where Liverpool prioritizes the league above all else and City prioritizes winning Champions League. And Liverpool takes the title this year. And as much as I hate to say that, I I can't say they're not kind of incredible. I mean, they've got they've got amazing players all over the field. And Arsenal's improved, but man, I I, uh, I have trouble saying in, with like a straight face that I see us having a real chance of winning this game. Plus, on top of it, yeah, the fact that our full team isn't ready yet. You know, it'll probably be November before we truly have, bar, barring no additional injuries, it, it will probably be November before we truly have what you would expect to be our full starting 11. And you know, to be playing three to maybe even four guys away from that at this point in the season... I, I and to, to be away too. I think you have to give it to to Liverpool. But anyway, that that was me. <laughs> that was me giving a rambling uh, prediction for the game. Well, and and I would expect nothing more from you to be honest, Chris. <laughs> a rambling answer is usually about what we get here at, with uh, with Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod slash US Fan TV slash Shenanigans, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> um, that all being said, I think your take is right. Liverpool is really good, and. And like, and I'm I'm not as much on, up on Arsenal, but two wins in two games was that expected on your end? Is that what you were kind of thinking? I or? mean, based on the opponents, yes. Um, I wouldn't have expected that we already had like by our first game of the season would have equaled our away clean sheets for all of last season. Um, so you know, there there are still a lot of question marks. Um, Arsenal hasn't shown the consistent strength in offense that you that, that you kind of need to combat the fact that the defense isn't that much improved. Uh, I mean, if it is improved, like, you know, but hopefully, hopefully it, it is uh, over what we saw for much of last year. You still think the strength needs to come from the offense and and that hasn't been there consistently now that said again there's been a lot going on with the team kind of off the field that plays into to some of that nonetheless we're scoring goals you know we're scoring the goals we have to score you know a 2-1 win and a 10-1 win aside from the goal differential the points are the same you know so and and, I mean, and let's and what do they always the, say after the last few seasons? Yeah, I'm 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 ecstatic to to be two games in and have two wins. Isn't, um, and isn't the theory always three points at home and at least get one on the road? So far, Arsenal's got. Yeah, you know they're they're doing the job. I I, I mean yeah, realistically, look, you you fight for your your home points. You get your um, you get your your away points when you can. You, you you win the games that against the crappy teams that that you should, and then you 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 try to battle out those those you know one point draws um, against the bigger teams. This is the chance to do that. Right, so wait. go ahead and finish your point. Sorry. So yeah, I mean th- this is 
so far, yes, has been a best case scenario. Now, granted, it's been against two lesser teams, but Burnley hasn't been. Burnley's been a lot harder to play over the last few years than you might expect. Um, you know, granted, we handled them pretty easily both times last year, but um, they're not a pushover of a team, and they also play in a way that that is, I guess you could say, been Arsenal's bugaboo for a decade. Um, so to, to see them, even, even after say Burnley scored last week and tied the game up, you never really got the feeling that like for so much of the last 10 years, at least, you know, we could be up two goals. We could be up four goals and you were still like, just figure out a way to hold on. You know, it's like, I, I can't, I, I can't be certain this game is going to to turn out in our favor. Even when it was 1-1 and, you know, they got a goal through a defensive lapse, I guess we'll say, um, to be polite, you never felt like this game was, that, that we were going to fold. I, 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 felt, I felt fairly confident. I, did, I wasn't sure we were going to win it, but I never felt like we were going to lose. And, and I, I know that should be that should be kind of a a given against a team that you know Burnley doesn't have the same kind of talent. It should be a given that the team with more talent, the team that has had more money spent on them, should be able to win that game. It that's not been a given for Arsenal for so long that it's like to see it finally. I don't know to to finally feel positive. I guess in a game that that is tight. Um, or at least the scoreline's tight. To me, that is progress, and and you know maybe that's just a sign of how far Arsenal's fallen. But um, it, it it is a positive, and it does give me more hope going forward. So let me let me piggyback on that. Um, I think every point you're making is valid. You. You try you make sure you get the points on the road against bad teams. You try mm-hmm. steal points against good teams, but at home you're looking for three points every time. Yep. But it, I, what I take away in my limited Arsenal world is there's actually optimism for the first time in several years. It's not nearly as negative. And what I want to ask you about is um, that Josh Cronky's uh, kid is it Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is taking a more of a leadership role. He's the voice of the team this year versus in years past. It was really just nobody because, um, you know, it was like, Ivan Arsene, well, you had Arsene Wenger and that was it. And Arsene Wenger, yeah, when he got of. old, just, I mean, he was too busy fighting with the zipper to really be able to comment <laughs> publicly. Um, so, but Josh Kroenke is a lot more the public face of it where in years past, he was more, I want to say he was more the face of the Colorado the Colorado Rapids, not so much Arsenal. Now it seems like he's stepping into Arsenal. And I feel like you're getting a lot of positive feedback. I, for lack of a better term, you're, you're seeing like the fans are responding now that there's actually a voice to a team, not just an empty shirt. Not, you know, so you have some logic in what they're trying to do. Is that, I mean, is that, is that seems, how much of the, is that an influence on, as an Arsenal fan, is that, what do you guys see? What, what do you see? You know, I, I, I agree. Um, 
my hesitancy is just that knowing kind of how things have been for so long, like, you know, the Chronicles have made this point that this is the first season they had full control of the team. That's great, but realistically, they've held the controlling interest in the team for, I think this is the eighth season. I mean, it's nearly a decade that, that they've had effectively full control of the team. But this is the first full season in which they've 100% owned the team. So now they're saying, you know, we're, we're going to make an effort now because we finally have control. It's, I'm not willing yet, you know, two months uh, after eight years, two months isn't enough for me to go, oh, look, it's, it's a new day. Um, you know, it's, it's unclear if the we care to you movement actually did anything or if coincidentally these things occurred at the same time, um, you know, Cronky's saying a lot of the, the right things. That said, Ivan Gazidis used to say the right things year after year after year, and we'd hear rumors that, oh, we're, Arsenal's going to do a madness. They're going to pull a madness this year. And, you know, there was the madness was always supposed to be that we were going to make some incredible signing. And year after year, we signed no one or we signed no one that filled the holes that the team had. To see some of the holes, at least, addressed, it does look like things are moving in the right direction. I feel and, like- and, and Kroenke has said that we're going to be proactive in January as well, which makes me think, hey, you know, one, one of the things that like Pat and I have talked about, and I, I may have said this the last time we were on the show, but I know we've talked about this separately, you're like outside of here, um, you know, by the way, the, the, the sales have worked out, even to this point, we are effectively at the 45 million that you know, every rumor said Arsenal had to spend. There are still players who could move before the beginning of September. Those guys, do, does that money then turn into money we might spend come January? You know, does that then make room for when, I don't know, when, when we run into the brick wall of injuries that we seem to always hit? Um, does that mean come January we might actually address some of those needs? And then when we are playing for, say, the Europa League title, uh, or, uh, um, well, yeah, the, the, the Europa League title come come May, maybe we aren't you know, trying to piece together a team that we don't have the players to, to fill. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'll give Josh Kroenke credit that the things he said sound right. The things that were done this summer look right. Give me another you know, 12 to 24 months before I'm, I'm willing to say, yes, I, I believe this. Um, you know, well, let me see a little bit more, but yeah, okay. th- you know, it, th- th- I guess so far, so far, so good. I guess does, does it not feel like you're being kicked in the nuts repeatedly? I guess that's kind of an easier way of asking that question. It doesn't this time. I mean, it, it <laughs> right. did for well, years. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's kind of what's going on it, for the first time. It doesn't feel like everything they do is just kicking their fans in the nuts again and again. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, I, I feel like, I feel like they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to copy the Liverpool model. And, and I'm going to use that as an example, but I think there's a lot, what Liverpool does is 
they maximize their revenue. They try and sell players at their peak where they can still get a great return on them. And then mm-hmm. they invest in younger, you know, look at what Liverpool has sold and what they've brought in. They seem to yeah. have that a golden touch with that. And I feel like Emer- Arsenal's trying to copy that playbook. And that's not a pl- bad playbook to copy by any stretch of the imagination. No, I, 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 I think, I think they would be wise to do so. And, and, you know, I don't want us to always be a selling team. Um, but to some extent, everyone who's not, I don't know, Barcelona, Real, Bayern, but even, and I guess even, stupid Manchester United. Well, but yeah, everyone, um, you and, know, and other I guess than, you put City in that group. Too, I was going to say, but, other than City, every team has to sell to yeah. buy at this point. Other than City, and I don't know how they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. Um, or the Saudi oil money is just buying somebody they're, else up. They're they're doing it because they're they're following the letter of the law, but they're violating the spirit of it. Yeah, and 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 they're doing it wide open, and nobody's nobody's batting an eye. Um, uh, all right, so. All but right, anyway, so. yeah, you know this is this is a this is a great first start. You know to see us. Um, we knew we needed wingers and to see that based on where we kind of started the summer and, and the, the, you know, the, that we were looking at um, uh, Fraser from, from Bournemouth or, you know, Zaha Crystal Palace um, guys that, yeah, I mean, there, there was some excitement there, but they weren't necessarily, they weren't necessarily players everyone else wanted. And we were kind of dicking around on the price and it looked like nothing was going to happen. And then to see us go in all in on somebody that like, you know, everybody kind of wanted was, was just something that, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I'm not used to seeing like, this is not the club. I know, um, you know, the, the Kieran Tierney thing, um, to see us go all in on, on a, a, a you know, a, a defender who outside of like, I, I, I think I said a couple weeks ago, like uh, uh, for a fullback, who's not already playing for Liverpool, he's probably like, I, I should say a, um, a British Isles or, you know, that kind of area, like Scotland, Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, England, whatever. Um, to to have a um, a player in that region who is that talented and and that touted that highly touted I don't think there is a, another fullback of that ilk who's not already playing for Liverpool <laughs> so um, it, it it to see to see such a player go to Arsenal when for so long it's been like Arsenal would dip their toe in it. Um, in in the market for him, but like dick around, and you know I, I saw some tweets uh, kind of near the the end before the deal was closed, in which they said like, um, you know, Arsenal. Uh, well, uh, Celtic says we want twenty five for this player. Arsenal bids fifteen. Ar- uh, Celtic says we want twenty five. Arsenal bids twenty. Celtic says we want twenty five. Arsenal. Uh, bids 23 or something waits till the last minute of the the trade window someone else pays 25 and the deal's done 
Well, uh, but it, that's that all said, it still beats the hell out of um, what Manchester United used to be used to do. Is somebody would say, "Hey, we want 50 and then Manchester United would say, "Okay, we'll give you 60." I mean, <laughs> I mean, they still do Harry Maguire for 80 million. That's insane to me. Yeah, Not to say he's terrible, but like. You know, well, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm is bullish. He's the most expensive defender in the world. I don't think so. Well, he's not, he's not Virgil Van Dijk. I mean, he's really, he's not. Yeah. You know, but you do overpay for defenders, and if you've got defenders that fit a system, and if you're gonna go with um, what uh, Solskjaer, uh, Solskjaer wants, you got to get the players that are gonna fit a system, and you got to give them that shot, and. He's young. He fits that system. He's English. I mean, there's a whole lot to like if you're a Manchester United fan about that type of signing, no matter how expensive it is. It's be- it beats the hell out of what they've been doing before, where they're just going out and splashing cash at whatever they felt like the big name was, as opposed to yeah, actually yeah. getting guys who fit a role. You know, um, and that and that's why I'm not necessarily. Yeah, you over. You, it's a I trans- mean, that, that, that's certainly you're true. going to overpay um, unless you are so far scouted ahead. McGuire was so well scouted, you couldn't do it anymore. He's not under the radar anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not like um, Mo Salah going to Liverpool when they kind of pull. You know, he wasn't as scouted as near as you. You know that. So no, that and that's why you overpay. But um, so and now okay, so let's move on. Let's get a couple more thoughts on the Premier League. We spent probably more time than I care to talk <laughs> yeah. about, but I know you like it, so we'll we'll let you. Fit. So. Is the best signing of the year for Tottenham? Is it um, Ben Var? That other, that other team, that other team in North London. Is that their, is that their best signing of the year? Um, I think it always is. You know, and Some, and I'm the re- somehow, I'm the referee. Somehow I'm the, the officiating referee. is always in their pocket. And I and and I'm the referee, so I will comment on that that goal at the end of the game, which pissed me off to no end because I had Jesus on fantasy, so that goal would have helped my fantasy yeah, team like yeah. nobody's business. However. VAR is not controversial here because the way the rule is now written, any handball that leads to a goal scoring or goal stopping opportunity, intentional or not, is called. When they went to look at it, as they do with every goal, this shows up. It's easy. It's a no-brainer, and that's why it gets called. It sucks, but that was the right call. I hate to say it on that one. That said, no, I... That said, you were talking earlier how you try to steal points on the road. That's what Spurs did. They got decimated from pillared yeah. two shots on goal both went in <laughs> i mean that's the if you're the if you're a city fan that's the thing you hate about soccer if you're spurs you love every minute of it and if you're everybody in between this is why you watch it because those kind of weird things can happen any given day so any other good observations yeah. at the season I, or i have i have no issue i guess when we're parsing it out like you did, I don't actually fault the VAR decision because the VAR decision follows the letter of the law. I do have a problem with this this uh, this new law in which only the offensive player is penalized when clearly the ball touches the defender first and, and frankly mostly touches the defender and yet it's the offensive player who who's penalized for it. Now, either that's a call, to me, that's a call on the defender, or it's a no call because they both touch it. And and really, nobody gets an advantage from it. So, is this, is this more because of your hatred of Spurs, or is this conspiracy Chris going after it? 
no, no, no. I, if anything, I'm just <laughs> saying that I, I think this is what's wrong with the, the this new handball law. I mean, I've 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 been like when when I heard the you know some of the the rules were changing around uh, handballs, it just seemed to me that it's unnecessary. And and on top of it, why would we be trying to penalize offensive players when wouldn't you rather have more goal scoring? Yeah, I, I guess, and you're right. And I, I thought the way it was supposed to be interpreted was offense or defense. It's the the and way. So far, and so far, it seems like it's taking goals away more than it's adding penalties. But that could just be how it's being interpreted so far. I mean, the only thing that, like, the, the way I understand the handball rule is that it's only the offensive player who gets penalized. Now, that could be a defender if that defender is then looking to progress the ball, at which point he becomes an attacking player, even if he's still, like, you know, in his own box or, well, or whatever. But the other, the other but, part of it is if it, if it hits the hand, even if it's unintentional, it can be considered denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there, I, there's ways there's ways it can be interpreted. I, like I said, I, I'll be curious to see as the the IAFB, as they get further along, as they retweak these things and going forward. I, I, I'm not against as a ref, as an old referee, and I'm not licensed right now. And I have to renew that and you know, whatever. But in my spare time, I'm not against it because it takes the intent question out of play, especially on the attacking end. If it hits mm-hmm. a hand and it goes to, towards someone and they score, it's easy. It's a no-brainer. You yeah, take yeah. it away. So from a referee's perspective, it should be easier that way. But I think it, that should be, especially in the penalty area, both offense and defense. I don't care. If your arm is out and it hits your arm, if your arm's against your body, that's one thing. I, I, yeah. unless, it, unless it falls to your feet. you know, Anything where you gain an advantage from a handball in the penalty area should be a foul one way or the other. I don't care if you have your hands against your body. If it hits mm-hmm. your hand and it drops right at your feet and you gain an advantage from it, it should be called. But that's, you know, that's referee TJ who is old and senile. And, you know, they always say I'm blind <laughs> deaf. I want to be a ref, which I'm pretty good at. So in that sense. All right. So yeah. The, the only VAR issue, I guess, that I've had has had more to do with like the offsides rules. The, oh, your hand was after, was in front of the, the defender's yeah. foot. Like that to me, like, <laughs> Come on, um, you know Arsenal you know had a goal taken away last weekend for that reason, and and to me it's like, it, well, it, it's sort of I I would rather it be more like the hockey. Uh, it's got to be size so where it's like you have to like pretty much clearly be in the offensive zone. Like if you still have a foot on the blue line, and, and the that, whole entire rest of your like. You just have your the blade, like the edge of your blade, touching the blue line, or even kind of be within probably six inches of the blue line. But it looks like you're trying to stay on the blue line. You you kind of get waved through. This like this thing where it's like, well, when we go back and look, uh, but some of your hair was past the defender. Like to be fair, to be fair, they are using I think I think it's called the Hawkeye system. And what it's basically the same thing they use in tennis to judge the and it it is yeah. it is as good as it gets. They're using the best technology available to interpret that. So I agree. I think it should be 
it have to be closer to clear and obvious and give the benefit. And that's the way it used to be. It's kind of gone back and forth. That it used to be at one point it was you had to pretty much have your torso in, and it was if you weren't sure, you kept the flag down. Now it's kind of more that well, he's a hair off sides. Let's call it. And again, this is the first year the Premier League's used it. I'm going to say this is some growing pains with it. I mean, you're yeah, old enough. To, you're old enough to remember. True. You're old enough to remember when. The first round, when they had the, the replay in the NFL, everybody hated it. They took it away for one year, and then when everyone and it and it killed the Packers that year. And I know you remember the Jerry Rice <laughs> fumble, but you're you're just like holy crap! And now it's back, and it's it's just a normal part of life. Yeah. But to, you got to get through those growing pains first. You're going to have some years, and you're going to have some games. That you're going to be like, what the hell are they doing? Eventually, they'll get it right. It's it's dialing it in. So, all right. Um. Let's kind of jump around the rest of a couple of other leagues. Um, Union Berlin, I'm going to talk about this just because this is one of the teams that I like. And I, and I do owe to Scott Fenwick that my, my, my favorite team in Germany is Union Berlin. And it's because I was looking for a team to follow. He said, hey, take a look at this team. When they rebuilt their stands, they were – it was basically the, the fact that their supporters came in and helped build the stands to keep them up in the league they're in. This is their first year and probably their only year – that they'll be before they get relegated from the Bundesliga. They get they get waxed by by Leipzig, but holy crap, was that atmosphere amazing! I don't know. Did you get to check any of that out on Sunday? Uh, I didn't see that. I mean, I I, I saw some of the uh, Bruce Dortmund game. Um, that was that, that was amazing. Yeah, Dor- uh, it was. Dortmund looks it was, good. <laughs> it was not five one when I can't remember what I was doing at the time because I had to, I had to leave so I couldn't watch all the game. And then when I saw the the score a little bit later, it was like, whoa, what the hell happened? No, um, Union Berlin, I think they, yeah, they lost four nothing to Leipzig at home, but their their atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. The game's over, and I think the crowd got louder. It was it was fun as hell to watch. So, like I said, they're not going to stay up, but it's still a, a wonderful story for me to watch. That um, that was the team that. Um, Bobby Wood had had his best year, and that's when he got to Ham- yeah. went to Hamburg. I mean, he, so there is a there is a U.S. fan TV tie into that. But to see, the, I'd love to see him stay up. I don't anticipate it, but man, their their crowds are going to be amazing to watch. So I, I strongly recommend that. Um, you have ESPN Plus at home. Yep. Hey, well, yeah, I should Syria. say I have it, and now it works. Syria starts this weekend. Are you looking forward to anything there, or do you have any thoughts on that other than? Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't raped anybody yet this year, so we're still in a positive. <laughs> well, we won't know if he paid anyone off because of it for several years. So, no. Um, but any teams you like in Syria, or do you not care? I my problem with the entire uh, Italian league is just that I don't believe it's not rigged. Like I believe every single game has been set. So, and and that's not even me just calling on conspiracies. That's just me calling Italy for, I don't know what it is. And, and, and just what I know of, if I know from, from other players having played there, you know, like it's, it's, uh, I I don't know. Like there's a reason that the entire league gets torn down at least once every 20 years or so for all the gambling because everything's set. Well, so you don't have a dog in the show in, in this, in this hunt. I, I'm going to say I'll recommend to everybody is if you're an American, you should be 
I think if nothing else, follow AS Roma, especially their the English account. They like to spot like little club, the smaller clubs all over the world. I've seen them highlight. Um, I want to say I've seen Chattanooga. I've seen I think I've seen Minneapolis. I've seen De- De- Detroit City. They highlight young like small clubs all over the world. Uh, as they were announcing player signings this year during the summer, they were doing missing people, missing I want to say children throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So I mean it, it's it's an amazingly fun account. Um, and then the other one was right in and they participate with you sometimes. They did. They they do follow the show, which I was shocked. So this is my shameless plug to the AS Roma English <laughs> account, and I'll, you know what? And they're owned by an American team. Um, yeah. I if you got a, it, it's on ESPN Plus, so it's part of what you're paying for. So I, I if you have nothing, if you don't have a team in Syria, I strongly recommend watching AS Roma. They, it's it'll frustrate you to no end at times, but it is it is a fun ride. I, I got into it last year, and it it, it is good times. Um, I'm going to touch on this just because we're still over on that side of the pond, and then we'll come back over to the to this side of the pond. Is I got to talk about Guernsey. I know you have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Two games in, two games on the road. As there, as uh, Foots Lane gets renovated, the track is still being fixed, so the field isn't ready. They've tied both games, three three. So they they brought Ross Allen back. Ross Allen was with. They said. Last year, he was in with Team Wellington, New Zealand. He scored a goal in the, the shootout at the Club World Cup in Qatar. I mean, he, the, or is it United Air Remembrance? I forget which one. I guess it's kind of, it was one of them. But, you know, he comes back home. He has scored, a, I think he scored one goal. But two games of 3-3. That's it. I'm sorry. I, it doesn't have to be high quality. It's still entertaining as hell. Now, the, the frustrating part was, especially the game midweek that they tied 3-3, was they were up 2 nothing 10 minutes in. And 20 minutes in, it was 2-2. I, <laughs> it's the nature of the how things go. But you know what? Again, as we talked about earlier, on the point, if you, on the road, if you can get a point, great. You want If you can steal points on the road against good teams. But for a team that nearly got relegated last year, any points on the road are good. We'll wait till the home half of the schedule gets and everybody comes back in. I, I think they... One of the hotels on Guernsey, and I got—I I don't know—I'm going to kill this. They open up basically a soccer bar for for viewing for these games until the the stadium is up and Foots Lane is up and running again. And they had 80 or 90 people on a midweek midweek evening game to go watch. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, which I, I mean, I, I was kind of kind of make a joke about like that's like a third of the population of Guernsey. <laughs> Guernsey I don't know, but Guernsey is pretty small. It is. Um, I want to say, and I'm going to look this up as we're talking here. I want to say it's basically the size of Wheaton when it's all said and done. Um, Guernsey is is 63,000 as of 2016. Wheaton, Illinois is 53,000. So it's it's a little bit bigger <laughs> than Wheaton. <laughs> and and that's why, I like I said, to be, hey, if you've got 90 people in Wheaton to step into a bar to watch an eighth-level eighth English soccer yeah. game, that's you know what that's that to me that's cool stuff. Um, so that that's the Guernsey update. They've had two games. It's great to see Ross Allen back, but man, their defense has got to tighten up a little bit. Um, I still love that they still have Calum Stanton. Calum Stanton came up through Bournemouth. I think, I think if you're Peter Wilt at Madison and some of those type of teams, you're you should be getting the CV from this kid. This kid can play. 
Uh, I mean, he's playing with the Swiss cheese defense at times, and yet some of the saves he makes are immaculate. I, I get it. It's against lower-level teams, but he controls games as much as anybody can at that level. So, all right, that's enough from from across that side of the pond. Let's come. Let's come across. Chicago Fire stayed alive in the playoffs. Beat Philadelphia two nothing. I know. I don't. Bel- I know. You, I was at the game. And holy cow, they rolled through the first 40 minutes. And I, I kid you not, I take Charlie to go get a hot dog as we're gonna, going into halftime because we avoid the line that way. And as we're standing in line, Nico Gaetan decides to do dumb. And, and there's no other way to explain it. You, you try to do a slide tackle with your studs up from behind. There is nothing good going to come from this. Yeah. So he got a red card. You're, as you're going in, right at the right at halftime. So now you're going two nothing at halftime. You're going, oh my god, down to ten. What's going to happen? And they look better in the second half, almost in the first half. Yeah, they had to defend the whole time. I got it. They hit the upside of the cross. You know, um, the counter. They uh, Sapong hit the underside of the crossbar. And it came out. They had a couple of chances. And it was to see a team that has had so much trouble with defending, defending so well against one of the top scoring teams in the league. I think Philadelphia is still number one in the East, at least going into that game they were. It was important. I think from almost a psychological standpoint is look, we can even down a man, they can play. And that's coming off the midweek loss in Portland, which they lost three, two. But again, they played 40 minutes down or uh, I'm not sorry, not 40 minutes. They played 60 minutes down. After you had Alexander Katai take a stupid red card for an elbow to the head. It's a team that hasn't quit, which to me is, is great to see. And and that everybody talks, you follow Twitter enough, the CF97 hashtag. Lord knows there's enough people calling for the head of Velko Panovic. And I'm not, I'm not always sure about him tactically. But I'll tell you, he hasn't lost his team. This team is still working its tail off, which... For a, for a dead man walking coach, usually you don't see them still working to that level. And that tells me he's doing something right somewhere. And um, you got Nemanja Nikolic starting to roll into form. And I, I mentioned this to Pat, and I'm going to throw this to you too. I know you watch the fire sporadically, but mm-hmm. early in the year, is it safe to say Nik- uh, Nikolic was pretty well lousy, for lack of a better term? And yet, here we are in the last few weeks, we see him starting to score goals. He's getting them in bunches. What's the difference? I'm going to throw a theory at you. I want to, I want to get what you think on this one. Okay. Beginning of the season, I believe it was their first child was born. I know you're a dad. The first couple of months, let me tell you, you've been through it. Do you sleep a lot? No. Does it screw up every other aspect of your life? Yes. About a couple months into, you know, you got the baby, you got a couple months in, things start to, you develop the new normal, correct? That's probably fair. It's really an interesting take. Now that we've gotten, he's now, they're settled into some sort of pattern. He's able to get back to, I'm sure the child is sleeping through the night or sleeping better, sleeping through the night. He's getting more sleep. He's able to train. And let's face it. And I, and I want to say, I thought it was his first. And if it is, especially the couple, months the month the six months six weeks eight weeks leading up to it i don't know about you but i was a nervous wreck yeah 
Yeah. And, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So his headspace may not have been there. Baby's happy. Baby's healthy. Now he can get back to work, for lack of a better term. And now you're seeing him back into the form he's been in the previous two seasons. Is it a weird take? Yeah. But does it kind of make... You're a dad. Does it kind of make sense? No, I, I, I absolutely think it does. Um, you know, it, it's... Um, it's interesting as it does it does kind of explain a lot of things, you know. Um, and you know, it, it could be if that is it. I mean, that, that's certainly good news for the fire. Um, I, I I guess. I guess where where I where I struggle to say I mean one I, I guess I struggle to say sure that that's certainly it because it's not like I know what I'm to say no neither, um, and I don't either to it's say, just, it's say a yes theory, or no but it's a theory as to why he was almost out of the start he was almost out of the eighteen the first third of the year and now it's he's scoring every chance he gets yeah and I get it strikers go through ups and downs too but. It kind of makes sense as to why he's rounded into form now where early in the year he hasn't. I guess that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. Yeah. And I mean it's it's I like I'm I'm trying to think of kind of how it how how it could play out if if you look at um kind of the team form over the entire season. Like they've been up and down. <laughs> I think they, would be what is it? Pat, Pat, Pat was mean, Pat was Pat was saying the other night they've had like the second most chances in the league that they sh- you know or whatever they basically if they had made with all the chances they've had they should be scoring a hell of a lot more than they have and they just yeah bad luck misses poor form whatever so well and it makes sense when you look at some of the score lines they've had yeah where it's like. You know, you could beat, you can like kick the shit out of Atlanta United, but, but then they lost then... at home to Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and yeah, that's and that's the weird thing is okay. So I'm looking at the schedule. Six games left, and I, I don't want to focus at home because the fo- the two home games are Dallas and Toronto. Those are tough. I'm not going to lie yeah. about it. But the four on the road, I I almost look like they should go almost go four for four. New England, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Orlando. Those are all really winnable games. They're they're winnable games. Um, and almost, especially Cincinnati and Orlando, I feel like those are six six points they need to take. Probably Columbus too, really. So let me look at standings here. Um, yeah, Orlando sitting in the eighth spot. Columbus and Cincinnati. So they've got they've got the six, eight, eleven, and twelve teams seeds in the conference currently. On the road. So if you're a team that wants to make the playoffs, you're taking a lot of points there. And then Toronto is sitting. Well, Toronto's in ninth. So that's Toronto's be- in ninth. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got to have. And then Dallas they- is in eighth. So, I mean, these are. These are games you need to. These are games you need to win. And what is it? Top seven make the playoffs this year. Uh, actually, I, I that one. I the don't top know. seven make the playoffs. They're one point behind. Montreal, as it stands right now, but Montreal is a game in hand. Toronto has two games in hand, and Orlando is a game in hand. That's the ones in front of them. So, 
This is a team that that should make. I I feel like with the form they're playing in right now, they should make the playoffs. But and if they don't, that that's when I think Panovich has had roles. So that's just anyway. Moving on, we're gonna touch on. No, we're gonna. You want to touch on? Well, C- we're we're going on MLS. I, I, I was gonna say we we could be a little bit related in that uh, potential uh, rivalry or potential rival to the Fire could have. Uh, um, just got a franchise in St. Louis. Um, yep. This the, is what I'm laser, excited about. We're just going to say, I'm just going to call them the Laser Snakes until someone comes up with a better idea. <laughs> That's a name that's been put out on Twitter. I want, them, I want them to call them the St- Steamers. But. It, I, I think if you're not going to use St. Louis FC, I think you got you got to have some fun. I, I like the Laser Snakes. And the other name I thought of was um, was was Gateway City FC. And... You know, with the gateway arch, I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. like, if you want to be a little creative, I thought that would be a decent one. Steamers, I'd be okay with. I'd love St. Louis FC just to stay as it is. Yeah. Because um, I yeah, think I, mean, I, 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 I fully admit, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a full shill for the, for the Luigans and St. Yeah. Louis FC yeah. guys. There, they do some amazing work. I feel like that they're onto something. They have a nice base. I'd say it's kind of like the Sounders and Portland Timbers. Yeah. I, I tend to feel the same way. Um, you know, I, I have, uh, I definitely have a fondness for the steamers. It would be cool to see that team come back sure. or the, the name come back, I, I guess you'd say. And it'd be cool to have them bring out all the guys who used to play for them back in the eighties. Um, that said, yeah, I, I don't know how with the traction St. Louis FC already has, you, you're not kind of, trying to like absorb I, I, I that. don't think you reinvent the um, wheel. I don't think you reinvent yeah, the wheel. It yeah. sounds like St. Louis FC is already kind of a, a small part of this already. I say you stay with it. If not, like I said, I, I'm a I'm a fan steamers I'd be okay with. I'd be I like I said I'm I'm a fan of laser snakes or gateway city, but <laughs> Yeah Gateway I, City Laser Snakes. There we go. Now we're on to something. Or we're on to <laughs> one or the other. It's really it's a fine line. So um, uh, but yeah I mean it, like the 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 um, the artist renderings of the stadium look really cool. Uh, the location or the planned location for it um, is is awesome. Uh, what I in particular like about it is it's really convenient for early and late season NHL games too. So you can do blues and soccer weekends. Hell, I mean, the last two summers we've my family's looked at going down and catching. St. Louis FC and a Cardinals game just because I haven't seen the new ballpark there yeah. either. And so if you oh, want to go in awesome. the summer, you've it's got awesome. those too. I mean, there's there's also that. I'm just saying, um, as a Blues fan, it is uh, uh, yeah I, I, tempting I, I, to me that true, 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 that true. they're the the two stadiums are I don't know a quarter mile apart maybe. They're the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, which really is that is correct. But it's not the Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins, so I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but I'm sorry, anybody who listens from Boston, Boston wins way too much. It's nice to see them take one in the nuts once in a while, so I'm good with that. No, I, I, I you know what? They have the ownership. They find you know MLS has had a chubby for putting a team there for years. Well, I mean, there, there's it's, such, it, it, there's such history there that sure. if if not for Lamar Hunt. I think 
St. Louis would have always had a team. I think it was that Lamar Hunt gave, like got Missouri the one team that MLS was willing to give Missouri at the time. You know, they were they were hitting big cities and they were hitting sure. the coast. And you know what? But Lamar Hunt, if, if somebody deserved it over St. Louis, Lamar Hunt might have been it. I mean, I, the, the guy certainly. Uh, um, and they still you know, brought I mean, enough relevance to, to soccer in the, in, in the U S that it's, it's, a, and I'm going to touch on this and then we're going to kind of try and move, but you look at the hunt family, they build the FC Dallas stadium at what it's in Frisco, which is in the middle of BFN, you know, it's yeah. way out in the, the sticks. Nobody seems can get to it. Nobody seems to show up, but yet what is, instead of moving back to the city and sharing and going to the cotton bowl or something like that. What do they do? Oh, we're going to double down and put the hall of fame there too. And we're, we're going to double down on this stadium site versus what we're seeing in Bridgeview slash Chicago, the club going, <laughs> hey, let's move back to soldier field. Let's change our name. Let's change our name. And uh, Oh yeah. Let's look at soldier field. Now you really want to <laughs> put a soccer game on at this point in the year. Yeah. It kind of disturbs me a little bit. So that's yet I digress. No, I, I, I I'm, I'm excited, but overall, I, I, I know you're geeked to no end about St. Louis. I am, I am as well. I think it's, I like the idea. I think it's a great place to add a team. Sacramento, I know you guys are ready, and I love, and I can't wait for Sacramento deserves a team as well. Charlotte, yeah. Phoenix, to me, like and, St. And then Louis was a was a natural spot for one all along. It always has. Uh, been. I've I've been disappointed that you know that there hasn't been one before this. Um, I I I think it's cool that uh, probably the fire or the the Chicago team because who knows it'll be the fire um, could have a, a natural rivalry there. Fin- now, finally. granted, there, there's still a question of which division will they play in. Um, you know, will they be in the East? Or will they be in the West because you've got Nashville and um, Inner Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami joining in the East. Um, you push Chicago West. I, I'm fine with it. I mean, what, whatever, whatever, whatever it works whatever, out. Whatever so makes this rival because can, you know what? If you move Chicago West at this point, just kind of playing this out big picture, you now bring Minnesota into play too. Yeah. And Kansas City. Yeah, most fire fans will say Columbus are the but <laughs> see, I was gonna bring that up and then I was gonna say the Columbus rivalry kind of died when both teams went to shit. Well it, like, not it, only, it, it was it was that, a fun rivalry when the teams were good. And now you but have I feel like, real and now you have Columbus and oh, don't forget about Austin. Yeah. And now you have Austin. You have Columbus. Columbus is in Austin and Columbus and Cincinnati, hell is real. You got rivals there. That one can. The Columbus scoreboard going on fire was the peak of that rivalry. Mike. <laughs> so. All right. St. Louis, let's move on. We had the Red Stars last night. Yeah. We saw um, Alex and Anthony at the Red Stars game. I um, That was awesome. Alex giving um, Pat's son. <laughs> giving a Finn. A, yeah. And, yeah, that's true. And, oh, yeah. And you know what? And that might have been the second best jersey handing off of the night. Pat got to walk away with my Dreamcast Arsenal jersey as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I happened to think of it in the morning. Nice. I threw it in the diaper bag because I had both the girls with me. And so Pat walked away with an Arsenal. He goes, I now have a jersey with the old crest on it. He, he was it was he was as giddy as Finn was. It was awesome. 
and I finally got to meet Anthony. I hadn't gotten to meet him. I'd met Alex once before, but getting to meet Anthony too, it was that was awesome. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever met him. I've met Alex and his mom, but I don't think I've ever met uh... no, me Anthony. And it was you know, and if it's and I can sum up the game simply put from the game perspective, if it's a Red Stars game at home and I'm there, they lose two to one. I've been there three times. They've lost all three of them two to one. Don't know why. That's how life is. Um, but I do want to talk about the logistics for a second because that was a nightmare. We got there 10 or 15 minutes before game time over in the neighborhood of Toyota Park. And I guess they weren't ready for the crowd. And it took us 45 minutes to get into the stadium. And you're a dad. You're a fan. These things drive me absolutely nuts. How does the village, how does the club not convey this to the village? Hey, this is what we're looking at. Be ready for it. You know, it's almost like number of tickets. I don't think the walk-up crowd was that drastic that the club shouldn't have been got portrayed to the village. And it drives me nuts. It should not take 45 minutes to get into a stadium. Yeah, especially when... Um... You know, and it was, I, and it was probably seven I saw pictures from the stadium, and it's not like it was. Well, they, it's not I, like it was uh, sold out by any means. I mean, on the seats they sell, it was pretty close. It was decent. It should not have taken that long, and it drove me nuts because they wouldn't let me in on the south side of the stadium. They pushed us around to Harlem, and then they opened up the south side of the stadium anyway. After we went through, it was irritating. I missed um, Alex Morgan's injury. I want to say almost thanks to that injury because I missed less of the game that way, which is really a sad thing to say, but that's kind of how it, but red stars, you guys need to do better, but yet I'm still excited about the season tickets for next year. It was fun. It was a fun day in that I took my four, I took my two girls, my four year old and my 18 month, 16 month old. And I kid you not. Lizzie is up at six 30 for school. First thing she says to me is, Dad, where's my where's my Sam Kerr jersey? <laughs> so excited for the game she wanted to wear it to school. So so I get her Sam Kerr I kid you not, she had her jersey on before she was even up, really. And then I hear Charlie, my seven-year-old, sitting there and going, Dad, can you give me back a Red Stars hat? I want a Red Stars hat. I want a Red Stars shirt. So we brought him home a shirt, uh, not a game jersey, but we brought him home a T-shirt, and he's now excited about that. But to see that kind of response combined with what we're seeing around the NWSL, um, and we were talking about this off-air, but almost 10,000 at Red Bull Arena for Sky Blue. 16,000, I want to say, preseason, pre-game tickets sold for Washington at Audi, Audi Field. 41,000 for the women's national team in Philadelphia. I feel like the NWSL has done a phenomenal job capitalizing this time on the Women's World Cup. And I feel yeah. like and versus where they haven't in the past. And I'm going to ask you is what's the difference do you think in your in your world? Well, I mean, from what I do mean, you see? I think some of it is the um is the kind of support that that they got like the 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 marketing and the um are you going to actually I, praise us? Are you going to praise U.S. Soccer for marketing them or Nike? Or I, was it Nike? And it was who? Whoever did the marketing, Fox. I, I wasn't gonna... so much going to say U.S. Soccer because I think they still don't really care. Um, and 
and it's it's going to be a while before I think I would give U.S. Soccer a compliment about much of anything. But um, you got the jerseys right. There was, I, I suppose, um, there was a lot of um, media focus in particular this time around. Like there, there's there's been a very strong push in support of of the women's team, like in advance of the World Cup and then like during and 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 since. Um, I think I I mean there there was quite a bit last time. It it's growing each cycle. Um, some of it, I guess, maybe you could say, is the um, the American ish style of of support that it's it's sort of like the Olympics or like we tend to do with the with the World Cup where um, we care all of a sudden and then we don't care anymore. Um, they they got a big boost and. It it's definitely helped them, I think, grow the audience. I think I, I I don't part of me wonders if maybe the men failing so um so strongly spectacularly. Yeah. <laughs> actually kind of benefited the women because there wasn't a competing sure. national team to 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 really pay attention to in there. Um you know, no. I don't, I don't like uh, as as I've stated many times. I love supporter sections. I hate supporters groups. Sure. Um, American Outlaws to me has really kind of gotten its head up its own ass uh, for a while Jump now. Shark, uh, sort of. Where you know, they they just become very like uh, self reverential kind of. Sure. Um, that said. They they came along at the right time to to like catch the wave, sure. and I do think in that regard they did really help grow support for the women's team. The men's team, I think they credit themselves with creating support there, but there was an awful lot of support before them. Um, so to me, no, it's I mean, hard to you, say. You had, it's you hard had to Sam's, say they they played had, a role in it. You had Sam's army prior to yeah the outlaws. I mean for the men's team, but. Sam's Army, I don't remember being a big fixture with the women, where I think the outlaws are a little better I, I, with that. To, to some extent, I think um, the Sam's Army had kind of died off by the time the women's team was really coming into its own. Like, they'd already won a, a World Cup by, sure. by the time Sam's Army was kind of waning. But, um, you know, it, it was still very much a niche group. Um, so it, it didn't have the um, the attention or the the staying power kind of the, that that say AO has, um, and AO, I, I, I guess I would say to their credit, you know they've they've um, they have made a point of supporting, you know the men's and the women's teams, okay, and that has helped create I think a better atmosphere for sure. Um, for the women, which then you know tends to feed on itself. Um, so I, I I'd like to say that's why how I got captured in as a a women's soccer fan. But really, I'm I'm probably I'm the exception, and I know that mine is yeah. I'll, I'll I blame ESPN Plus fully for mine. But hey, <laughs> and then the fire deciding hey we're going to go back to the city versus using the perfectly acceptable soccer soccer specific stadium that does fill up when they win and doesn't when they lose. 
But hey, can't all be winners, but the uh, Red Stars get my money. The Fire, you guys still got some work to do to get my money back. But um, no, I, 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 I think you generally have a good point, though, that say, the Outlaws, and I'm, and I, this is the one point I will praise, and I don't know if it's U.S. Soccer, it's the Outlaws, whoever does these events for the World Cup, the fact that they made such a point to do it for the women's team, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Lincoln Park this year. I want to say it was Lincoln Park that Pat went to. I mean, you got I some, you had some right, great, yeah. great experiences with the women's team that I don't remember four years ago with Canada. Yeah. And so it's like they're getting it. Um, all right. I said 60 minutes. I'm going to go past it because I got two more things I want to touch, but we're going to keep <laughs> this quick. Um, we're going to, because we were U.S. fan TV at one point. Maybe we will be again. Maybe not. Hard to say. But we are the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Um, one Christian Pulisic with Chelsea. How do you? What do you? Two again? Two games in? Well, I guess two and a half games if you want to count the, um, the Super Cup or whatever in in yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, what's what do you think of one Christian Pulisic at at Chelsea so far? You know he he's he's. He's had some positives. He's had some negatives. Um, Dynamite drop in there. And I I was was just saying, I I know, I know it's kind of a (laughs) cop out. Um, He's done some really good things like taking on players. He's also had some say positional issues and things that, 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 you know, kind of hurt his numbers. Um, I think the real problem for him, like, look, it takes time for every player basically to adapt to, to the premier league. Um, the big problem I think though, is that he's, he, 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 he came in at the same time they lost in Hazard that like one of the, one of the best players in the world right now left the team and they brought in this 20 year old kid who isn't there necessarily to fill his, 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 his shoes, but isn't he the only, really, the only big money signing that Chelsea had? Yeah, one yeah. Of them? And, and and so, you know, he's kind of left with this legacy that is a bit of it, it's an albatross around his neck to some extent. <laughs> you know, it. I think, um, I I think his uh, his successes will not be judged fairly because you know they'll they'll be. Um, They'll be kind of knocked a little bit. They they won't sure. be judged fairly because they weren't probably as good as as Hazard would have done them. His failures will be magnified because well, Hazard wouldn't have done that. Hazard would have been better, and that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's going to take. Um, I, I don't envy him being in this position sure. because it, he's going to have to he's going to have to play exceptionally. He's going to have to take a bunch of shit for it anyway. And he's gonna have to do it while learning a new league and you know, a league with more money in it, um, you know, more TV pressure, more physical. Uh, I mean, it's a more yeah, physical league, yeah. and he's and he's still what? You said he's twenty. Is he twenty or is he twenty-one now? Uh, he could be twenty-one. I I want to say it's irrelevant. I mean, his birthday is, but yeah, he's not a he's not a fully grown ass man yet. He's getting there. He's not there yet. And yeah, I get. 
I guess you kind of with the way NBC's marketing the shit out of him, like you expected to be huge and No, you're right. He's not Eden Hazard. There I mean, many, look, he, there, he's not... are, I mean, how many players would you take over Eden Hazard right now? Messi he, t- he turns Mbappe. 21 in uh in just uh wait a month from Okay. Just, today, yeah, it's November. 18th. Yeah. It's a month from today. Okay. Oh no, it's the 22nd. What okay. am I doing? Um Another month. Uh, so, so just under a month, he'll be 21. He'll be able to go um, to a bar in the United States. And drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's he's not um, he's not Hazard, and and that's not a knock on. Like again, again, that's what I was starting on. Before there's only you, a handful of players who would you take above who, Eden Hazard, honestly. Like I said, Mbappe, Messi, rapist. Who else? Um. <laughs> Uh, at the same position, it's a little hard to say. Well, like, yeah, I mean, but I'm, if, you're if, if we a start team. putting, yeah, we Mo put Salah. other players in there. Uh, Mo Salah, Suarez, yeah, maybe Neymar. Um, well, Neymar's probably rolling on the ground, hurt somewhere. So, <laughs> like, Neymar has the potential to <laughs> to go above him, but he also has the potential to yeah, just be a, a he, diving crybaby who yes. To be um, to be more more of a more childish than my own children, yes. So, so yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of active players in the world right now who you would you know put above Hazard, um, and and I think in particular, kind of some of the like the last year or two in Hazard's career too. Um, so. Yeah, you know it, it. It sucks that he's in a team that that is on like sucks for him, and that he's he's in a team that is fairly unfinished, and um, and can't and can't build and can't build any. I mean, and, that's the and other part can't of it. yeah, and can't can't be finished right now. No, and um, and yeah, he's having to replace a legendary player for them. So. I have trouble giving him a a grade kind of at all because sure. to me it's like, well, I mean we're two games in. Yeah, it's overrea- it's overreaction time, and but we'll, I'll, I'll I'll give you I, I tend to agree. Let's give him an incomplete from now, and we can discuss this in a month. Uh, and yeah, see my my think. my feeling is you know no matter how you're grading him, it's, it's but you unfair. also I mean Positive, you also negative, have a new neither one is, is but fair you also right have now. a new manager you know with what is it with with Frank you know yeah yeah Lampard yeah Lampard yeah you, you've got a lot of moving parts and let's give let, let's revisit this maybe around Halloween and then we can probably yeah. get a, yeah. a better assessment and if we're still doing the show that we'll still be doing the show because I'm paying <laughs> for it and it's it's more fun um I want to touch on one more thing and I know this is again you don't have to you probably won't have a lot on this one this is more. I feel like I want to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it because it's well, it's my show. I was just going to say, should we uh, should we hold that one until next week? What's that? No, this one, this one, I want to put out now because this is um, it's Hub TV, which is TVC development. Okay, then it's not. Uh, I thought you were going to bring it up. All right. Nope. This is what I want to bring. Up. Hub TV, Hub TVC, at Hub TVC on um, Twitter. It's TVC development. It's a coaching program to help develop youth players. It's a great program. It's John Townsend and and company, and they do some outstanding work. 
in terms of coaching, I mean, you take a look at their stuff. They have books on Amazon if you want to develop your kid. Um, to me, it's one of the better ones out there for youth development in terms of programs. It it um, it ranks up there with technique football. I mean, it it is good. Now, the reason I wanted to bring it up is they're doing a, a shirt sale uh, through Bonfire. And the shirts say Total Vote Ball. You know, it, they're bright orange. They're obnoxiously loud shirts. Mine came in the mail today. And... But it's a charitable den, and this is why I want to talk about it. It is to go towards alleviating the costs for two players in the St. Louis, East St. Louis area to play club soccer. They're, all the money on these T-shirts go towards that. So if they still are out there, it's at HUP, H-U-P, TVC. I strongly recommend doing it. I bought, I got my shirt. It's a cotton T-shirt. It's it's bright orange. It's obnoxiously loud, which I enjoy. But that's why I wanted. I, I decided to extend the show because I wanted to make sure I got a plug in for that because I think it's a great cause. I mean, we all there's all over Twitter. You get people talking about time and time again, youth soccer is too expensive. Well, here's a, here's a group doing something about it, at least for a couple of players. Take a minute, look at their stuff, buy a T-shirt, help some kids out. That 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 was what I wanted to finish up with on a, on a happier note, I guess. Right. So no, we, cool, we, yeah. we do we do we do some good things. Um, and on that point, Chris, what's your final thoughts for tonight? Uh, I got nothing else. You're done. All right, and neither do I, so thanks for joining. Um, well, actually, I'm going to do the final plugs. At Minivan Dad Pod, at US Fan TV is where you can find us, at Fine Tooth Combs for Chris, at TJ Zaremba for me. We are available on Apple and iTunes. We're available on SoundCloud. We're available now on Google Play or will be shortly. Spotify, I'm not technologically advanced enough to get there, but we will eventually. So check us out there. you got some old pods you can always listen to. Hopefully we'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do you remember the minivan dad's a rimba? He's got a minivan.